Hi, welcome back to Illuminating Anorexia, Eating Disorders, Self and Body Issues. This is your host, Michelle Sparks. I have just been listening to a fascinating interview on Radio Hack, which is Triple J, ABC. And um, the the topic was treating anorexia. And Sarah McPhee, who was filling in for Tom Tilly, I hope I've got that right, um, was interviewing a professor of uh, philosophy and a bioethicist called Professor Louis Chaland, and he was a Canadian, and he was talking about rethinking the treatment of anorexia. Well, I was absolutely fascinated because I personally loved what he was saying. He was talking about the fact that anorexia, you know, he, he said a mix of things, but he said he was talking about passion treating um, anorexia as a passion and he was saying that anorexia is primarily an affective disorder or a disorder of feelings with thinking as a consequence. I do not see it as a disorder of feelings with thinking as a consequence. I see it myself as a whole person response to difficult interior, painful interior, difficult self life experience. I believe it starts as a way, and it can start very innocently, as a way to feel somehow better about ourselves. It's a way to deal with not feeling good or wanting to feel better, more acceptable, more secure, more in control of ourselves and our environment. In that way, it is a response to feelings. I don't think it's a disorder of feelings so much as a response to difficult feelings. And the interesting thing that Professor Chaland was talking about is that, you know, primarily it's been treated from a cognitive perspective with co- cognitive behavior therapy, cognitive-based therapies, talking therapies based on errors in thinking and logical beliefs. Whereas he's saying, you know, it's more... Uh, a disorder of feelings and so feelings should be more the focus of treatment. Now I love, the the reason I love that is because I am trained from an emotion focused perspective when it comes to counselling and the thing is I don't see it as an either or, it's not feelings or thinking, I think we've got to deal with the whole person and to see that you know I think the cognitive approach often looks at the primacy of thinking whereas an emotion focused approach which is what I've been trained in um, and that's a evidence-based approach to psychotherapy it it was developed by uh, Leslie Greenberg and colleagues um, came out of Canada and I'm wondering actually if Professor Louis Chaland is across that work and in fact, I'm going to try and get his contact details and maybe we can uh, even have him on the show here and talk further about this. But the emotion-focused approach doesn't dismiss cognition or the place of thinking and beliefs, but in fact, I think supports it, but from a much more holistic frame. So seeing our emotions as part of our intrinsic response you know that we have emotions our primary emotions um, are what we in how we intrinsically respond to threat or pleasure and there are there are thinking there are thoughts that are associated with these intrinsic emotions um, so we can have 
secondary emotions. So for example, one of the best ways I can probably frame this in, especially in the anorectic space, is that when I was dealing with anorexia, when I find someone else dealing with anorexia, I often find the secondary response, the feeling that they are most aware of would be anxiety. And if you were to uh, unpack that anxiety and ask about the thinking that is attached to that anxiety, the thoughts, the self-talk attached to that anxiety, it might be things such as, uh, I, I am fat, I'm ugly, I'm bad, I am unworthy. You know, thinking and self-talk that really talks about uh, makes one anxious about being disapproved. I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm bad. And the behavioral response to that is to reassert control. So to go back to restricting or trying to control oneself or one's environment. But in a safe and supportive therapeutic relationship, which is, for example, where I've been trained in the emotion-focused approach, one would sit in that relationship with a supportive, non-judgmental, non-judging uh, relationship and unpack that situation that was giving rise to that anxiety and that self-talk and that reaction which was about control, reasserting control and sit and unpack that and perhaps get deeper down into the more primary emotion the more core emotion that's sitting under that anxiety, which would be, for example, in this case, perhaps fear. And a, the thinking would be around fear of being rejected, of, of losing support, fear that may even have to do with uh, thoughts of being not only rejected, but not able to survive, not, a, not able to survive a situation. And that may come out of earlier life experience. And obviously, you don't get to that earlier life experience until you've established quite a lot of time in that therapeutic relationship and you've explored different um, patterns and sequences and you've observed how a person handles their emotional experience. In other words, you don't just jump into that deeper place without having established a lot of rapport and reason for going into that space. So that's part of your skill as a therapist, establishing good rapport. In fact, there's great research that talks about the fact that good therapeutic relationship, rapport, is one of the most fundamental um, factors in effective counselling or therapeutic intervention. So let's just say you've got that good rapport, you've established that safety. As that person is able to have that experience and feel those feelings in the presence of a supporting other, what Alice Miller refers to as an enlightened witness, they can actually, and I've been in this situation so I can talk firsthand, you can actually experience those feelings and the connections associated with those feelings and experience acceptance of self and self-compassion instead of self-rejection 
that can actually allow you to sit with those difficult feelings, not go up into the secondary anxiety and the immediate sort of knee-jerk secondary reaction, but start to experience this in a new way, with new language, and to facilitate a different response. So for example, to instead of rejecting oneself, instead of reasserting control, allowing oneself to get in touch with the deeper emotional hunger for nurture, for self-compassion, for acceptance, and a way to find a more healthy response rather than a reaction, to find a response that is more health-promoting and life-affirming. So, back to Professor Charland. He was saying, in terms of treating anorexia, a treatment approach would be one where one feels differently. They have to feel differently before they start to think differently. So kind of reversing that process and exposing people to cues, to emotional situations that start pointing them towards other passions. That's his language. But as I listen to him, I hope you're not getting completely lost here, but as I listen to this uh, interview with him, I was fascinated because I know that in my own work and in my own experience of recovery and in my own work as a therapist, I know that what really helps or has helped me and I have found really helpful with others is to help them unpack the secondary emotions, responses, thinking, behaviors in a safe therapeutic relationship where they can re-experience, have that experience with a different response from that other person. So for example, say the earlier experience that gets unpacked is one of the person's um, attempt at meeting need or getting soothing from an adult caretaker and it wasn't forthcoming for whatever reason. And because of that response, they've learned to shut down, shut down their emotional hunger, see it as bad. You know, there's layers that they've layered up on top of that. But by having, by being able to have that experience with another safe person and find a different response, self-compassion, acceptance of self rather than rejection, they view themselves differently. They have a new sense of self and out of that new sense of self they are able to respond differently with compassion self-compassion a sense of entitlement whereas previously they did not feel entitled they were not compassionate they were judging of themselves and shutting down now they can open up to and and explore ways to soothe and nurture and take hold of self-soothing and other strategies that really do help affirm life. There's a lot more to say here, as you can imagine, but what the main take-home message here is I really did enjoy hearing someone speak about um, the importance of including a person's emotional experience, and that is very much 
what I bring to a whole person approach and that comes out of my training both all my training physiotherapy counseling emotion focused therapy ministry whole person spirituality it really is to treat the whole person and not to negate the place of emotions and of course emotions are so so closely tied with thoughts and beliefs and I think differentiating between secondary emotions and experience and primary is very helpful in helping people move towards healing so anyway there's a lot to say there but what I just want to say is you can't reason (laughs) with emotional hunger you need to meet emotional hunger with emotional nurture and that's what I love about emotion focused approach it doesn't negate the cognitive side of therapy not at all it just puts it in a more what I would call holistic frame so if you have any questions or you're interested in finding out more about that you can certainly uh, go on to uh, Leslie Greenberg's site and I'm going to make that available on my website it is the uh, preferred way of um, it's one of the things that I bring to the counseling arena I have been trained in cognitive behavior therapy and a whole host of different modalities but I do find the emotion focused approach really useful so thank you um, professor Louis Chaland and I may see if we can get in touch with you and perhaps I might even um, interview the director of the Institute of Emotion Focused Therapy where I did my training Dr. Michelle Webster so stay tuned but if you've got any questions about any of that please do hit me up uh, michelle at michellesparks.com and you can provide feedback or questions at mp underscore sparks on twitter love you to rate and review and subscribe subscribe to the podcast rate and review it i'm going to provide a link there is a link on my contact page at michellesparks.com that'd be fantastic to help other people that can be helped by this podcast and the thoughts that are shared here Um, if you think it can help others I certainly believe it can. Invite them into the dialogue and help them find us by um, subscribing yourself and rating and reviewing the program. Okay, until next time, travel well. Mm-hmm.